When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Niall lives on a hill, a very steep hill, which is great for the calf muscles. But when it comes to squeezing in and out of that parking space between the neighbor's pride and joy, Niall begins to worry. I wonder if they use recycled plastic to make all the recycling bins. In the new Dacia Duster with automatic gearbox and hill start assist, at least hills are nothing to worry about. And from only €45 Euro per week on the road, nor is the price. Visit the Dacia sales event from the 18th to the 20th of November. Don't worry. Be Duster. Offer made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. See Dacia.ie. Hello everybody and welcome along to a very, very tardy episode 74 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. Your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com and the gentleman over and, there is... And I'm Josh Gardner of uh, rugbyshitwatch.com. I nearly came in a bit early then, you which did, is ironic, yeah. given that we're late. Well, hey, yes. And together we invite you aboard our great river barge of barely concealed rugby discontent. You are all welcome here, one and all. Thank you very much. You can get in touch with the pod, uh, or each of us individually, but you can get in touch with me at bloodandmud.com, or lee at bloodandmud.com, or bloodandmud.com, or at bloodandmud, and lots of other things. And what about you, Josh? Uh, it's uh, at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugby Shirtwatch, uh, rugbyshirtwatch.com, where you shall indeed find literally constant new bloody shirt reviews. I was going to say, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? It's been a busy it week. Fucking, I, I don't mind telling you, it's fucking relentless at the moment. And uh, yes, so make my efforts worthwhile and look at my shitty website. Will do. So, yes. <laughs> uh, right, I've just gone to the wrong page. Right, anyway, oh. so uh, this pod is available on Apple Podcasts and Acast and lots of other different places, and you can leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. And we've had a review here. Ooh. It's from it's from Adam Reese. Uh, does, does this one count? I mean, in Apple's eyes, yes. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says I've been. He's he's on his way back from New Zealand. Anyway, he, he said. Indeed. He said I've been waiting since episode one to review this pod, but I had to wait for the right moment. Given most of the pop culture references are on Potter eighties and nineties themed, I imagine sixty nine dude will be an important moment for Lee and do. All right, he wanted this on episode sixty nine. We've missed it completely. I'm sorry, Adam. Yeah. 
yeah. Anyway, he says, yeah. it's an honour to be referred to as a friend of the pod, which covers all your brew-approved, Sean Holly singing, anti-Exeter racisming, 12 trees worrying, dirty getting, die young riffing. That's right. Reese Webb hair worshipping rugby news. Opinion and nonsense that highlights the game's positive and pours condescending scorn on the sweaty, condescending scorn and sweaty metaphors on its negatives. It's basically a rugby club for people who don't like people who go to rugby clubs. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Okay, fair enough. But I'm sure people out there do go to rugby clubs, and I used to go to rugby clubs quite regularly, and probably still do. So it's not a problem. (laughs) But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I I 100% know what he means, and I agree wholeheartedly. Now then, where are we going to go to next? We are going to go to the fact that this week um, we've got coming up, we've got a bit of news as usual. We've got a review of the big game from the weekend. You may have heard about it. Yes, Maybe there was a little bit of rugby at the weekend. You may have even talked so, uh, about it in the what probably feels like about a week since it actually finished and we're only just yes. getting around to it. Um, and we're also going to do shit good and, and a few other things. And wherever else the conversation takes us, those of you who follow us will know. Indeed, this is our. Uh, I mean, we should have like a remote control car and, and you know, Ludo and shit, shouldn't Kaplunk. we? Because this is yes, indeed. Is it our final one of the season? Is, I think we're it? still deciding, but it could be because the season is yeah. is over in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. As it I were, mean, unless so. you just want to know what we do when rugby isn't on, which yeah, just I mean, it's not think think about the tangents we would go on if we didn't have yes. actually any proper rugby to talk about. <laughs> so, can you imagine? Yeah. So yeah, we probably, if it's not, we might do we might do one next week just as a bit of a wrap up for the season. But then again, we might not. But then we don't we don't unlike some podcasts we don't continue through the summer because frankly I think it would make us a lesser podcast if we did because by the time the season started again we'd probably despise each other. So it's best yes. to. Um, I mean, it's always best if our conversation has some sort of structure because God knows what would happen <laughs> yeah. if we started just exactly. sharing our honest feelings about one another. I mean, Jesus. And you see, it's already happening, ladies and gentlemen. You can hear it happening. Oh, already yeah. drifting there's into a, a total a real undertone. But of... before we came on, Josh, we were talking about this is our full first season as a pod. I know it might seem it a bit is. longer, but we started last season just sort of towards the end of the World Cup. So this is the first yes. time we've gone from the beginning of the season to an end. And we thank every single one of you out there who oh, listens, so. stays with us, contributes on Twitter, because believe me, it is the greatest joy of my life, this. I'm sorry to overcook <laughs> it a bit. Not my kids, not anything. But, you know, I go to work, I do a normal job, but this is what really makes me happy, and I hope we make you happy a little bit with our misery. It is undeniably a very fun way to spend an hour and a half on it a is. Monday evening, or indeed a Tuesday evening. And I hope that you find it a fun way to spend an hour and a half with us when you're doing whatever it else is you're doing. So thank you very Most much. Most definitely. Somebody got in touch on, on Twitter, and I can't, I remember it, but I can't find the tweet. And I'm really very sorry. Please let me know if it was you um, who said that basically Itoji should now go into the rugby lexicon as a word for clapping at something you really shouldn't be clapping about. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah, he's a toe-jaying him. Yes. He's just, you know, the, I don't know, something like, as he was convicted of murder, the accused, the guilty man, disgracefully atojied in the direction <laughs> of the victim's family, for example. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he probably won't appreciate that. Particularly no, I'm sure, of all the things he wants to be remembered for, he won't be that, will it? But, uh, yeah. but, but frankly, you... if he doesn't want to be remembered for excessive clapping... <laughs> then he needs to stop clapping quite so excessively. 
Yes, indeed. It's silly now. While we're on the subject of silly things, uh, you will see on Twitter this week at Blood and Mud that I started this uh, rather ridiculous thing, which is the which is rugby pick and mix. Oh yes, I like that. Which is where we're asking you out there, and we'll join in as well. To to you can if you go on to, if you go to bloodandmud.com forward slash rugby pick mix, it's a nice page there. Look at that. I feel like I'm on the telly, mm. Anton Deck on Saturday night or something. Yeah. Bloodandmud.com forward slash rugby pick mix. You'll find on there a little thing where you can create your own player, your favorite <laughs> player. I'll be honest, I was hoping I'd get some sensible suggestions. The ones we've had so far are just incredibly silly. I don't know why I was hoping I'd get sensible suggestions. I mean, we you know, have somewhat set ourselves up for that by taking absolutely nothing serious for the last almost two years. But we have had some crackers. I'm not going to do them this week. I'm going to wait till it builds up a bit. And obviously there will be some weeks we haven't got as much to talk about, so we won't do that. Another thing as well from Twitter, which I have to mention, is the absolutely magnificent duck-feeding rugby players Uh, riff that went off last week. It's just so much fun. I, I have rarely enjoyed a day on Twitter more than... I thought that you know, it couldn't get much better than Sean Holly songs, to be honest. Yes. But I think in many ways I enjoyed this more, if not just for the fairly naked and obvious vague political bitterness that was coming through in quite a lot of them by the end. And there was, was also a, quite a wonderful bit of British whimsy about all of it as well, which I a really wonderful, quite liked. I mean, the, the, very, the very act in itself was delightful, you know. Talupe Falatau, Reese Webb, and Justin Tipperick going to feed some ducks, <laughs> and, and deciding to put that on social media was glorious. I loved the weird, innocent whimsy of the whole thing. But then it just—you—you just—you were brilliant. You were all brilliant. All of you were fantastic. And, and you said this is very nice. I responded with something, and then you lot just all took over. It was yeah, absolutely you, wonderful. We, it was just watched it go, and it was. Glorious, and, and even, you're all incredibly funny. I think Rugby Lad and them type of websites even picked it up and posted your Twitter moment, didn't they? So, yeah, well oh, done, everyone. They really? Yeah, they did. The Rugby Pod did as well. Right. So, well done, everyone. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I wanted to keep it as a little special thing. but that's Our little rugby. thing, yeah. yeah. I have feelings about those lad type things. But <laughs> yeah, hey, well, yeah, lad fucking websites. <laughs> do me a favour. Anyway, yeah, and Eduardo Alvarez got in touch on Twitter and said, early good here. He just said, good, everything related to the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right, Look, Eduardo. In in a in a dark world where in a, in a dark moment in our sport where things are always seeming to be more and more ridiculous and silly all the time, it's quite nice to have a little bit of innocent whimsy with a sort of vague political bitter undercurrent occasionally. Indeed. One last thing before we get on to the game. Uh, last week, do you remember last week? I think it was last week where I said <laughs> I couldn't remember when coaches went up into the stands. And have the mm, sat in yes. dugouts. Well, one person got in touch saying that Clive Woodward was on the touchline in 2005, and it was yet another thing that they slagged him off for. <laughs> um, but Owen Tucker emailed me and said, um, "Reference to your question about when coaches started watching the game from the stands instead of the dugouts. I think they've always been in the stand. If you go back, there were no dugouts. The coaches and replacements sat in the stand. I remember seeing Derek Quinnell almost flattening a copper." as he ran down the tunnel at Cardiff Arms Park when he came on as a replacement in his first cap to win his first cap for Wales against France in 1972. Now, one, that's a great story, Derek Connell flattening the copper. Two, I, you are older than I imagined our, re, our listenership to be. You remember <laughs> that from 1972. Yes. 
It would be fascinating to see what the age of our average listener is. I'm sure some could... some wonk somewhere can tell us, but I don't. Uh, I certainly Probably. cannot. Yes, who who on earth has the time to do that shit? Right then, Lions, New oh, Zealand, yeah. third test. What did we learn from this game, and anything else that we want to talk about? Really, shall yes. I start by saying what I learned is that losing your mind in a car in Monmouthshire while listening to talk <laughs> sport is not the best way to experience what is was, frankly, one of the hugest sporting occasions, certainly in our sport, of the past 15 or 20 years. Yeah, I can imagine not, to be honest. I mean, yeah, if I had... To, I, I, like, like I, I think I said earlier on in the tour, I, I had a morning of having to listen to talk sport in one of the midweek games, and it was a chastening experience and a sobering one. Ben Kay's all right. Yes. But Andrew McKenna gets very overexcited Mm. and is really, really preposterously one-eyed. Yes, and doesn't really seem to know anything about the sport, which is weird. And randomly shouts. Yeah. Like, yeah, he hasn't hasn't mastered that commentator thing where the timbre of your voice should only go up when something is literally definitely going to happen. Yeah. But he gets excited whenever the ball makes it into the wide channels. Yeah, or he doesn't actually build you up to how excited he's being. It yes. goes from like, it's going left, it's to Davis, he's through, he's what's it away on the wing sort of thing. There's no yeah. sort of like build up to it. It just explodes out of nowhere. But, you know, he gets paid to do this shit and we're sat here bitching about it. So he obviously well, exactly. knows a bit more than we do. Definitely. Yeah, but as a, as a link to that, and then, a, then you can have your go. What I will say I did learn is that watching a game without simultaneously disintegrating mentally is recommended. Because yeah. I watched the game okay. last night. I only heard oh, yeah. it Saturday morning, watched it last night. Mm. So I wasn't gonna I wasn't basically on the verge of a nervous breakdown the whole time. And that was a much it was refreshing. I'm not sure I could do much about that really, because I'm always gonna watch games live, but I did learn that that's the thing. Yeah, when you when you don't have that in because yeah, I, I a couple of I think maybe the second test I watched back again after the first one there's a lot to be said for it watching yeah and you you are able to appreciate things a lot more dispassionately and a lot more yeah analytically i guess it means listening to the sky commentary again but you can't have everything can you what was a good thing that was a good thing about being in the car i missed all (laughs) of the absolutely magnificent what i imagine was a complete you know hyperbole clusterfuck from i'm guessing so i could did you you get your two minutes out of bed thing before yeah, I mean, I got up at 25 past eight, but um, I just caught the tail end of some silliness. I can only imagine how bad it got, to be honest. There was a, I don't really want to know. There was a montage at the end of the replay show, which I recorded, which was obviously a montage of the tour. Who doesn't like a montage? Remember when well, montages exactly. used to be a, a, a quite a rare thing? Yes. They'd have them on like FA Cup final day or at the end of the Five Nations mm. on the telly. Now they're at the end of every single show. Literally every <laughs> fucker has got a montage these days. It is, it's just, I don't need, I don't need a half-time montage. That's what I do not fucking <laughs> In supersonic need. supersonic slow-mo, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, how much could have happened in 40 minutes of rugby? I would genuinely like to know. But anyway, the reason why I mentioned the montage is that it didn't bode well. <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't bode well because because front and center and large and larger than life in the montage was was Mr. Haskell, mm. and I thought this does not does not bode well for the DVD. But we shall see. Yeah, I see. I I, I weirdly have sort of 
completely suppressed it from my brain now, but I do feel like the level of hyperbole and silliness before the game was such that I sort of was like, well, fuck this, I'm going to go up and make a cup of tea <laughs> until literally the moment it kicks off. Go up and make a cup of tea? Is your kitchen upstairs? You live in that kind of house? Uh, no, I just mean get up off the sofa <laughs> from where <laughs> I, I was sat. I see. I see. Um, anyway, yeah, what did you learn? That's what I learned. Um, I learned that the All Blacks should never have been in the position to fucking draw that game in the first place. No. They should have been 30-odd up at half-time. Easy. Like... I agree. They, but they I can complain and moan about Poit's decision at the end of the game as much as they want. But, and you know, in fairness, the, the coaches and the players aren't. You know, the fans and the media no, can not, complain no. about it. But if even one of those seemingly countless chances that they had in the first half had stuck, that, you know, we wouldn't be talking about this now. So... We wouldn't, but you see, I wrote something similar about what I learned, and, and I actually learned something like that. Call or no call at the end, no mm. team deserves to win a test match when your kicker has toed their own boots in front of the posts, <laughs> yeah. your winger's got hands for feet, and you ruin the possession that was endlessly, endlessly given to you by your opposition yes. in the first 40 minutes. Oh, You know, was... you can talk about, oh, well, we'd have won if the kicker had the kicks. Yeah, but he's your international kicker, and he missed. Yeah, I never. Also, this Wooder argument is really stupid. Yeah, it's it's you know it's straw man bollocks for starters. But also, yeah, it's not like they didn't have a dependable goal kicker on the field. Georgie Barrett is a higher percentage kicker than his brother. And I mean, okay, it was his first cap, yada yada yada. But yeah, just everybody knew how that was going to go. You know, we've watched this for three weeks now. And the Aside weird thing was, he weird... kicked the, the most difficult kick, didn't he? The one from the mm. touchline after the first oh, that, try. That was the thing. When he banged that touchline one over, I was like, oh, fuck. He's found his range. He's going to start. And no, he just was fucking squiffing them left and right. It was awful. I mean, ultimately, when you look back at it, the Lions have had a fair bit of luck on this tour, from red cards and bad weather to unbelievable all-black profligacy and some very generous refereeing calls. Things like red cards are not luck. True. Because that that would suggest it was a misfortune that you couldn't do anything about. When actually he he just did a shithouse thing, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's it's nothing to do with luck. It is the the all-blacks have... As they've, you know, let's not beat around the bush. The all-blacks, until they started winning the World Cup all the fucking time, had a reputation for somewhat choking on the big occasions. Yeah. And, you know, they very they tried their fucking hardest to lose that World Cup final in 2011. And after that first test, which, you know, they won incredibly comfortably in the end, they got super, super tight. And they got mm. really, you know... I think Gatlin was saying after that he heard somebody, like one of the New Zealand players, say to the press, you know, oh, if they lose, you know, it's not the end of the world. The sun will still come up tomorrow sort of thing. And, he, you know, he basically said as soon as he heard them talking like that, he could tell that they're in their heads because they're all of a sudden they're contemplating mm. losing. And the All Blacks aura mentality thing doesn't really work if they start thinking about what happens if they lose because they kind of can't afford to allow it to enter their brain. And they definitely did. And, and there was also a lot of changing. We you know if, if there'd been that much chopping and changing from Gatlin that wasn't injury forced in 
Because mm. Ioane wasn't injured, was he? No, I think they just decided that... Which uh, is really odd, because he would definitely have only cast it, but it's likely he oh, would have caught and run two of those. Of yeah, those. exactly, Easy. the way he's been playing. Yeah, so I mean, maybe really actually, odd. was he injured? Did he get injured? I can't remember. He probably... He might, surely, because he... He must have quite been, he comfortably... Was... The yeah. best people are probably shouting uh, into their phones now on public transport they that he was, but probably uh, almost certainly are. Why talk um, about that yeah. in terms of injuries and Lau Mappe, you know, which led to Lau Mappe coming in and, and bands yeah. and stuff? What I will say is, watching the game again, is that um, for Lau Mappe's try, it was noticeable actually that Williams and JD2 were responsible for the, the greatest of defensive crimes in that they were um, ball watching. Massive, if you watch so. it again, yes. the ball goes sailing over and they've got their heads cranked, cranked over the air and they're both probably jogging about a third pace mm. while watching the ball no. loop through the air. And actually, they'd have just, they, if one of them would have just looked at Lau Mappe and actually gone like the clappers for him, then um, yeah, before he got the ball, him, they could have covered him. Fine. Yeah, they probably, before he even got the ball, they could have covered him. But, um, mm. Which, you know, should have, would have, could have. It's difficult, but yeah. It was interesting. And when funny, Williams had a largely horrible game anyway, let's be honest. Oh, God, he was bad. Like... Realistically, like I like Liam Williams a lot, but aside from a couple of breaks, including obviously that one in the first test, he really hasn't been that good. Like under the high ball, he has been defensively suspect to say the least. And yeah, I just I wasn't really that like. Was he really doing that much more than Lee Halfpenny would have been? His maybe I guess. Everybody has a pop at Gatlin for saying he's not a fullback and I don't see him as an international fullback. And then actually when you watch him drop ball after ball after ball from a high and it can, was you do start to think, so well, many maybe balls. again, Gatlin is onto something as much as we'd like to yeah. see him galloping all over the place. Yeah. And there is an element of focus on what a player can do, not what he can't do. But really as an international fullback, you have to be able to catch the to ball. take a high ball, yeah. And I'm sure he hasn't always been this bad at it. I don't remember there being times when he was dropping stuff all over the place. He maybe just had a bad day. He just had a bad day, I think. But oh, yeah, he had a bad couple of weeks. Cause he did. Yeah. Every it seemed every time like, I mean, obviously in the the second test the weather was fucking dog shit. But every time he goes up for a ball, like yeah, it is. You sort of like, holding your breath how time, is this going to yeah. go? You know, it's like the anti Rob Carney. It could it, anything could happen. I'm sure that the he great could. Saracens Matrix won't be very happy watching that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Are they going to play him on the wing in a Chris Ashen replacement style or are they going to play him at fullback? I mean... Probably both, but I think after watching that, they'll, they'll fancy him on the wing, won't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, other things learned? I learned, um, Sam Warburton is the best captain on the planet. Oh, wasn't that glorious? Uh, Regardless uh, he, of how the decision talked, came out in the end. He talked the ref out of giving a game-deciding penalty. Like, he literally Jedi mind-tricked him. And he does it so politely. I know, because he's so agree. He's such a nice man. And he's got such a good way of... like He carries himself so well and with so much authority. It's like refs are just like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, Ken Owens should be buying him fucking beers or bars of chocolate or whatever it is that Sam actually enjoys for the rest of time for that because I mean everybody's had their fucking two cents about that penalty decision I honestly think it probably was a pen to be honest um a lot of people are talking about letter of the law and all that kind of stuff all I can say is 
is that 99 times out of 100, that's given as a penalty. Yes. Now, if that's not correct, if you follow the letter of the law, all right, fine, then why, let's be honest, 99 times out of 100, is it not? Is it? Is it? Yeah. It's given. Why is it, why, yeah. why is it the opposite way around then? Mm. Now, it could be, it needs some clarity on it then now, after this, and maybe, maybe. it will have. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I just, you know what, it became so tedious, I stopped listening after a while. What I will say is, regardless of what the outcome was, um, I think, I'm going back to my old hobby horse. Using a TMO in that scenario was fucking stupid. <laughs> it shouldn't be allowed. No, I'm sorry to keep... Well, actually, did you say, will you check the TMO? The ref said, no, I'm fucking not checking the TMO. I've given it. You know, yeah. it's not foul play. It's not... Therein, therein lies the power of Sam Warburton. Yeah, but even if... Yeah, could... I, bet if I bet if Sam asked me, I probably would, though. Yeah. I go, no, exactly. I'm not fucking checking. He goes, are you sure? I'm... I go, I go yeah. you know what, Sam? I will check. You're such a yeah, polite I lad. I will. You're such a nice man. Come on. Yeah, fine. Go on, then. But no, I mean, I did love Kira Reid though when he said, "I'm giving accidental now." Because he, oh no 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 no, it's in the rules. No no. Yeah. But he had yeah. that Tony Blair face on. He well, did. He, was... he went full Blair at that point. <laughs> he I was did, delighted. Big he cheesy grin. Like, dead eye. Went wider. <laughs> yeah. He's like, nah. <laughs> no, look, look. I, yeah, I stand yeah, by. Yeah, I stand by the decision I made. Wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, the eyes just went slightly wild. As oh, if no, no, no. All of Kieran Reed's unbelievable niceness and politeness was right on the verge of, and still never cracked percent. though. Still never cracked, but it was that was the moment where he yeah. was right on the verge. It was of tissue going, paper that was about to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every single raging Kiwi anti-French yeah. ref bias come <laughs> just explodes out of him, flew to the top. But yeah, he managed oh. to keep it in check. In, it doesn't get away from the fact that he was about six foot offside when the kick was fucking taken. No, well, again, place, I've so... seen loads of videos on Twitter showing that he wasn't offside. Now. It just becomes yeah. quite... T- all the angles are wrong for all of it. I've even seen videos being sent to me that suggest that Ken Owens wasn't actually in front of Liam Williams when he caught the ball. If you look at the lines yes. on the pit, it's just like, look, you know, do you know what? <laughs> you know, I I, I'm just. I'm very glad it's the third test, really, because I just can't, yes. I couldn't oh, take any God, more time. Imagine? Everyone can shut up. What I will say, though, is I'm delighted because... Ken Owens did not deserve to. No, and his, and his kind of oh shit moments, series. wasn't it? It's like oh shit, and that's like drop the ball. It's because everyone would have. It was you know if a ball comes near you, you catch it. And I always feel for players when that happens, especially Ken, because he would throw himself on a ball in front of a herd of wildebeest, and it was there to be would. one, wouldn't he? So and the way that he just sort of grabbed it for a split second, and then just went oh fuck and threw it <laughs> as if he was just willing the ref not to notice the fact that he had quite obviously held it in his hands for about a second was great. But uh, it, I would have been heartbroken for him if that was the way you lose a test series because he didn't deserve it. While, I, while, we're, while we're on this, what I will say is that what I really do learned, what I've learned I really do would like to learn actually, is I really want to know what Jerome Garces said. <laughs> yeah. We Jerome? Something, yes. silence. Yeah. So we've done a deal. <laughs> right, he's accidental offside. <laughs> yeah, why did he, like, was he just basically saying, I just want you to know that whatever decision you make here is going to go badly for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> I want you to know that I have a very, very large bet on this coming as a uh, draw. So if you cut, I mean, if you do, I will cut you in. I will cut and then he you says, in. "So we have a deal then? Yes, accidental offside. 
Sorry, that's a terrible aspersion to cast the referees <laughs> of the game. It's of course not true, but it would be fascinating, especially as Kiwi fans are going fucking apeshit about what was said here. It was probably nothing. It was probably him going, good fucking luck, mate, or something <laughs> in, in French. of that. <laughs> yeah, in French. And he decided to mute it so that the word fucking French yeah. would not be broadcast over the airways. However... <laughs> yeah. You've created a massive murd cloud for yourself here, Romain, <laughs> really, is what he said. They really have, haven't they? Um, yes. Yeah. Other uh, things that I... I, I well, I'm not sure something I learned, but something I kind of looked back and thought about. It was very weird how the All Blacks quite obviously adjusted their game plan from normal to cope with the Lions in this series. Like... They usually just play their game and they're not really that bothered about, you know, the All Blacks will turn up and be the All Blacks and they don't really care about mm. what's on the other side of the pitch. But, you know, they picked wingers that were basically there to combat the Lions kicking game and defensive line speed. Like, was that the, really the best way to do it? Like, if they'd have just played players like fucking Damian McKenzie and Iwani and, and just gone full fucking Harlem Globetrotters. I really can't understand they would have had too much for that. why they didn't just... They didn't do what they did in the first test for the next two tests. Yeah, yeah it's almost like and they got a little And it wasn't like the bit... Lions did something incredible to stop it. They just no. stopped doing that running off Aaron Smith thing that they did in the first test, which was so effective. They didn't yeah, even try they... it and have it rebuffed. It just They just stopped doing it. It was really mm, strange. It's... Like in the third test, they decide like instead of getting the ball to the back of the scrum really quickly, like they had in the first two tests, they were sort of trying to keep it in there and trying to like drive and do the power game thing. But then at the same time, they were doing these super quick to the to the middleman lineouts that worked very well. Like they were just obviously trying all like it was almost like Hansen got a little bit cute and a little bit clever for his own good. Like if he just picked, I mean, I know they had injuries, but if he just picked the most Harlem Globetrottery throw the ball around All Blacks team imaginable. Like, would... I mean, they showed in the first test, they couldn't fucking hack it when... And they showed it in this third test. Well, yeah, exactly. If some passes had gone to hand and and stuck, then it would have been all over, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I just kind of think... they Again, maybe they just... they, They got a little bit in their own heads a bit and... Yeah, it was it, looking back on it, it just seems odd because you can bet your ass that they're not going to play like that against South Africa and Australia in a month's time in it's, the rugby championship. They'll just play like they normally do. Barrett changed the yeah. game on Saturday in many ways because he, he ran to the line a hell of a lot more than he did in the second mm. test. And it did cause it just what's noticeable when they take the ball to the line and they make a line break and offload going, it's, it's hard for me to describe what I mean, but. They always, this sounds stupid, they always break the line in a straight line. They seem yeah, to hit the line really and offload. The angles, and then they? all three, you'll find three players come through running in perfectly straight lines, like some kind of trident mm. <laughs> running straight through. Yeah. And basically then you can pass whichever way you want. And then obviously that surveyor drops the ball or, and, or, they, or they scored off one of them. Yeah. But it's really interesting that when they go through the line, they always have two people going through them perfectly straight, which says yeah. a lot about... And, and you did notice with the Lions, watching the Lions game last night again, that 
it was noticeably a kind of polar opposite to the kind of drifting lateral type play that the Lions are doing, which is yeah. not to say that was really bad. It was just it was just noticeable the difference they were doing in that taking the ball. They were taking the ball to the line and breaking it and three people powering through. Whereas obviously we had the whole Johnny Sexton run around, create a second phase running type yeah. attack. And I think what, and it, what that game demonstrated is you tend to get through the line more if you take it directly to the line and actually just make your decision late. Well, yeah, and also when you do that sort of the Sexton-style wraparound thing, you know, there is an in... By the sheer physics of doing that, you're causing everybody to run sideways. Yeah, you're taking and up you're too also, much of the pitch, yeah. And you're also... Yeah, and you're reducing the amount of space that you've got to play in, whereas with the way that they're hitting the line at a straight line, you don't sort of... you still got the entirety of the space that you had when you started to work with. So it also leaves more room for support runners to be in. Whereas, you know, how many times did we see that there was some sort of half break on and it would be inevitably, you know, snuffed out by reaching the touchline and having to recycle. And even when they were actually working phases, which the Lions did in the first 15 minutes or so and looked quite promising, again, that intercept by Lau Mappe was a direct result of the fact that he was still in position because effectively they were simply just drifting left, drifting right and moving forward. And they might have got there, but yeah. yeah, there was, I'm not saying there it's a problem. Any... It's, just, it's, just, you, it's, it's just not as direct and yeah. as destructive as the... As the no, how many times do you see a man making a break from the Northern Hemisphere rugby full stop, really? where he has options on both shoulders. It was the same in this tour we said a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. People keep getting through the line and there is nobody to pass to. <clears throat> yeah, but even if there is someone, there's usually one, or if there, even if there is two, they're usually both on the inside shoulder. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like there's that option to go either inside or outside, which creates an absolute fucking nightmare for a defender then, because yes. if, whoever you get that to... If they make the wrong decision, they score. And yeah, it's they're they're just clearly a much better team than the Lions, and still a much better team than everybody else. But over the course of three tests, they fucking fluffed their lines. They weren't. Is the bottom line of it? Yeah. Elliot Daly, I learned. Am I happy? Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things I did learn, I was going to say, is that draws cause emotional confusion. Oh, I was so weirded out by it. I feel like a. I feel like a dog whose master's just on that dummy stick throw. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm supposed to be excited and go and look for it or just stand looking at him and still and feel sad. I don't know. It's kind of yeah, a bit... I, I, was, and when it, I still don't really know. Andy and Brom on Twitter said, good for him, was the complete what, it's over now what, gormousness from all the players and officials on the final whistle. And actually, I'd extend Fans, it beyond players yeah. and officials. Everybody else kind of went... Uh, Oh, uh, I hate that whole kissing your sister thing. It's fucking minging. Oh, it's a horrible metaphor. It's minging. Please never use it again. Yeah, and it's definitely not... A draw is definitely not as bad as doing that. No, so, that's... <laughs> so, yeah. I, just, I will say, though, there is it is there is nothing weirder and more unsatisfying than a, a drawn series. Like, as Sam not Warburton just a drawn said, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for... We were all ready for extra time sort of thing. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. They, like, just, I mean, yeah. they don't happen anymore, do they? No, I mean this is why I don't two tr- really two like games cricket drawn, that much. Two games like, drawn on a on a, on a tour. You on a it? tour, what's the yeah? So they they ended up with what was it? Played for uh, one four, lost four, drawn two. 
Not the, not, uh... not played nine, lost nine, like Jamie Wall said might happen. I think, I think he was slightly <laughs> yeah, tongue-in-cheek well. when he said that, but uh, yeah. somebody has been on, in touch saying, are you going to get that New Zealand bloke back on again? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so am I happy? You know what? The longer I've got away from it, I am happy and kind of satisfied, but I'm not happy in that euphoric explosion of happiness that sport normally brings. That, isn't it? I'm satisfied with the job the that was done. I feel like I'm talking and, like in work stuff, you know, we had yeah. a very good outcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a satisfactory result. It's, it's man, if you'd have said to somebody a month ago, would you be happy with a one-all series? With one draw? 100%. You'd gone, yeah, yeah, fuck me, yeah, you'd break their arm off, wouldn't you? But yeah. um, now it's happened, you're a bit like, oh. No, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, it's, you've summed it up perfectly there. There isn't that sort of, spring in your step euphoria like after we won the second test even though we were fucking dog shit and <laughs> we you know needed a last minute penalty to beat 14 men i was proper springing my step we just beat the all blacks happy and i just yeah i mean i remember what it felt like in 2013 when we won and that was euphoria and I also kind of remember how it felt in 2009 when we kind of won that final test. What, you, all, lost. what we, you should do, and everybody should do if you're listening, is remember what it felt in 2005 and compare that <laughs> to now. Then ask yourself yeah. if you're happy. I think that's what, that's what we should all be doing. In, in 2005, I was so infuriated and depressed by the whole thing that I don't think I even got up to watch the third test. I was just like, oh, was, this I, is awful. It, I was basically like <coughs> Mr. Misanthropy, basically. I hated everyone in the world by the time <laughs> that third test rolled around. Mm. I think the DVD, actually, of this tour is going to be interesting because they're all, I, I think half, depending on how much of it they show, the half-time stuff and the second and third test is going to be really, really interesting, I think. Massively really so. Really interesting. If they, if they actually do show it. And from what they're sort of saying about, like, the impact of the non-playing squad on the sort of mindset of the test guys, whether that will come through on the DVD, which I, I hear is slated for release now, end of... Autumn, in the autumn sometime. They normally get it out in time for Christmas, don't they? Sort of leading yeah, into that. Yeah, I think it's, go, it's like last time, it's going to go on Sky first and then it'll be out on... Did it go on Sky first last time? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they had like they had a fucking premiere and everything on Sky. <laughs> and given... Oh, no. Imagine... I didn't know that. This premiere, is... But I think they, they made a so... big fucking hoo-ha about it. Um I assume if there is a premiere with a red carpet and everything this time, that Haskell will come wearing a fucking crushed velvet smoking jacket. He's got a lion a tattoo pie. now. Somebody's. I can't. I see. Fair enough. Yeah. Like he's a lion. Yeah. Is, he's yeah. a lion. He should. He's perfectly entitled to Absolutely. that now. Absolutely. And and you know <laughs> when he played, he didn't let anybody down. You know, I just I irrationally can't stand the bloke. You know, there's no. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you what. What sort of ground my gears was. Hand, you know, I'm not a big. I think he's a bit of a dickhead, anyway. To be honest, however, at the end of the the game on Saturday, Sky sort of found him at the end of the game, and he spoke very well about his experience on tour. You know, 
given this a man that hasn't gone within a hundred miles of the test series of the test team, hmm. you know, he was clearly just delighted to be there, and he was clearly really proud of the way that you know the squad had come together. And you know, I was genuinely, you know, for all of my disdain for him. He spoke very well about what the Lions means to a player. Yeah, and, and he did it after one, the, after one of the mid, midweek games as well. Mm. You know, if you're going to look the, at somebody, what does the Lions mean to a person? He does seem to be living that. He absolutely he? he gets, you know, for all of the bollocks about him. And I'm never going to live this know, down, by the way. So, you no, know, I, know, I might edit I know. this out before it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all of the right criticism that he gets for all the other yeah. bollocks, he gets the Lions. And, and part he... of me, a lot of people tweeted a picture because apparently they did use Archbishop of Banterbury. Well, that's this... the thing that annoyed me. All right, it's okay. Like, he's speaking very well about the Lions and you're, you know, just playing into this whole he's a larger-than-life caricature of Archbishop of Banterbury bollocks and it's like well you know in this occasion I know that he's courted all this shit but he's clearly speaking from his heart about something that means a lot to him and you're just kind of in the same way that they're reduced you know Quinnell is put and Greenwood are you know willing fucking conspirators and they're pissing on their own legends yes but it still irks me that it happens and that they're prepared and that Sky encouraged them to do it. And it's just like, can we just not let these players speak about something that's actually very special and very unique and important without reducing them to silliness? Niall lives on a hill, a very steep hill, which is great for the calf muscles. But when it comes to squeezing in and out of that parking space between the neighbours' pride and joy, Niall begins to worry. I wonder if they use recycled plastic to make all the recycling bins. In the new Dacia Duster with automatic gearbox and hill start assist, at least hills are nothing to worry about. And from only €45 per week on the road, nor is the price. Visit the Dacia sales event from the 18th to the 20th of November. Don't worry, be Duster. Offer made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. See Dacia.ie. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Well, that's quite enough of that. (laughs) Um, Here's what else I learned. Elliot Daly has stones the size of a Winnebago. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. What a kick, by what the way. What a fucking kick that is. Um, and actually, outrageous. it's easy outrageous. to forget that on the quiet, he's played all three tests and looked perfectly at home. Well, yes. I mean, he is clearly a fucking astonishing player. He is. And I'm not yeah. sure I like the base layer, though, with the long sleeves. He needs to cut that out. Oh, it's a bit much, isn't it? But he is playing in New Zealand in winter, so I can't kind of... And until you've been there, I guess you probably can't say. But yeah, I, he's just a very talented... I mean, I think I, I shared with you, a mate of mine's boss went to a thing with Eddie Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. At dinner where he said some very interesting things. Did, that yeah. I won't go into entirely, but one of the things that he... Eddie Jones apparently said during uh, this thing was basically that he thinks that Elliot Daly is a complete player and that he will pick him basically 
uh, every opportunity, you know, whether it's on the wing, whether it's on the center, whether it's a full back, he will pick him. And that's, uh, yeah, I, I think he kind of demonstrated a lot of that in, in the way that he applied himself at the Lions tour, you know, how many starts has he got on the wing for England? You know, Ooh, I don't know. It was in this tour this year's tournament, wasn't it? So, well, yeah, I remember the first time he started on the wing was in November, was it? Yeah, when he got that red card. Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to go from that to you know starting all three Lions tests there is is yeah, is but, quite and that thing. kick was 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 spectacular. Yeah. I mean, who else? Because to hit the ball that players. hard and that far, that accurate, I don't care if it was relatively straight. You're giving it so much well in. It wasn't it? It's yeah. ridiculous. No, it was wonderful. Uh, what else did you learn? Anything? Uh, we well, can... the final thing that I learned, I would say, is that people who are plotting the end of the Lions are fucking dickheads. <laughs> Whether it's parochial grumblers or fucking money-grubbing club owners and coaches, anyone who's saying anything other than whatever it takes to carry this thing on, we should do it because it is the absolute pinnacle of our sport, um, is an arsehole who needs their head looking at. Yeah, because as much as, you know, we get endlessly fucking pissed off. I mean, you know, some pe- people are picking <coughs> a 21-21 team right now in the newspapers, mm. and hopefully that's the final <laughs> fucking nail in this ridiculousness <laughs> in terms of the media coverage, and we can all just, like, Fucking sleep easy for the next two it's years. It's not though, because but... I fucking read it just to be angry. I, did, I, I just saw it, but you know, I'm not even doing it. But um, <laughs> we can be snarky and do be snarky about everything. And we, you know, mm. avoided talking about the lines for as long as we could, but still ended up talking about it because the fact is, it's fucking brilliant. Yes. And even it if is. the game, and they weren't, I remember saying before you know, when Paul Williams was on, it's not about whether you lose, it's about whether you're humiliated or whether you create good rugby that people want to watch. And if yeah. that series, 2013, we could do comparisons, but if you think about 2019, 2013, and 20, and this this one, 2017, yeah. they were all fucking brilliant rugby products. If you're gonna yeah. if we're gonna go down that line and, and take the romance out of it, that that's stuff that people want to keep fucking buying. Yeah, and I 100%. want to keep watching desperately because it was bloody and, and all the stuff that's around it, all the stuff. Yeah. you forget about what it is. Just seeing them like tapping each other on the head and stuff. I and love the way, that shit. The way that Jonathan I Davis was love that shit. when Jonathan Davis creamed Geordie Barrett and sent that kick flying into touch, <laughs> and the way that people from all different nationalities, but not Scotland, obviously went running over there <laughs> to congratulate him. Sorry, hundred percent. And hopefully they nice. can't. I I want to see Scottish people starting for the Lions. I'm sorry, I'm well, taking a piss. They will be next time. And they would have been this God, time they if this not time. for Conor Murray's elbow. Uh, if you try to tell me on any planet Gatlin would have picked Liam Williams ahead of Stuart Hogg had he been fit at fullback, yeah, you know, there's no way. It and. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into it'll that. Happen. It's too fucking depressing. No, but but next the fact time, is, it'll next time, Scottish people in the test team, it'll be fucking marvelous. Yeah, and there's not going to be. It's going to be the best. Like people forget that, like the last two that we've had are like the two pain in the ass ones. It's the getting up at nine o'clock on a Saturday yeah, morning or getting yeah, up yeah, for yeah, half past yeah. eight. This next one, they'll be kicking off at like three o'clock, three o'clock on, on a Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we'll be able to fucking go down the pub. They can kick off in the evening, like midweek, and everything. Yeah. You won't have to like oh. somehow swing some flexi at work and stuff. It's going to be brilliant. And I 
cannot fucking wait already. And oh, it's, it's it is my favourite thing about rugby by far. I fucking love the Lions. Yes. And as you say, the best bit about it for me is just seeing everybody that dislike. You know, they hammer seven shades of shit out of each other in the Six Nations every fucking year, and then for six weeks every four years, they're teammates in the most yeah you know taxing rugby environments on the I planet. We and had it's a bit of an glorious exchange. to see that. We had a bit of an exchange last week, didn't we? But I told you, you were, we were saying about what a shit house <laughs> he's becoming, and you were saying, yeah, but it's you know it's brilliant playing, and he's he's our shit house sort of thing. I said, well, yeah, he is until. Yeah, next he's my February shithouse. when he becomes well, my, my shit house again, and, and you will just dis- and you yeah. know, but it, no, there's no other sport that does it, is there? It's just, it's just no. glorious. At, at no point am I sort of sitting there as a Wales fan and ever rooting for, you know, English players in football at an international level. You know, it's yeah, it a lot of Welsh people do shout way. for England in football, though. It's odd. <laughs> really? Yeah, awesome. I certainly when I was growing up. Yeah. Odd. Anyway, lots don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. they all do. I'm just. I'm not trying <laughs> to use that whole. They were all. They were all speaking English till I came in. At that type point, thing. there was some sort of like association thing. They were all speaking anyway. English till I walked in the pub. It's like really, really. <laughs> I had somebody say <laughs> to me last week. At a, at a, at a, at a, I went into a cafe and they were all speaking. Language. How did you know speaking English when you weren't in there? That's a, <laughs> that you know, is just, a very fair point. You weren't there, so how do you know what they were speaking before you went in? And anyway, yeah. it's their first fucking language. Why are they going to speak what's effectively a second language of theirs until you arrive? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> and I'm English. That's just stupid. Anyway. Yeah, you're you're actually in a situation where you could come across this on a daily basis. Yeah, I could be wandering into places all over the shop and having people changing yes. the way they speak just for me. It's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes. we go off on a tangent. So that was what we learned from the weekend. And I think the main thing is what we learned is we fucking love it. And we want it to come oh. again and again and again. Forever, Shall we talk please. about a combined team of the series? Yes. I, I'll let I, you I, run I, with I, this one. It kind of seems fitting, given that that was one of the loveliest things about the whole tour was that everybody getting up on the podium and sort of mixing in together. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was just great. And yeah, it sort of made me think, well, what would your combined 15 from the two, three test series rather be for the tour? And I mean, it's mainly New Zealand, but it was more mixed than my one certainly was more mixed than I expected. So I went loose head, uh, Joe Moody. Okay. So I think he's been very sort of. I would have put Mako in there if not for his second test insanity. Yeah, I think if he hadn't had that for half an hour in the second test, he'd have been nailed on, really. Absolutely. But again, um, his carrying on Saturday was remarkable. Oh, was Him and, and Furlong as well. Jesus, yeah. he was a power. Well, f- Furlong's my tight head, obviously. Yeah. He's a phenomenal player. Um, I went with Jamie George, a hooker, actually. I Mainly because Cody Taylor has been wonky as fuck in the line-out. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. I was going to say that I'd agree with that because Taylor did the eye-catching pick-up to score the try and didn't do anything wrong really in the loose, no. really. But actually, and Jamie George, the end of the second test in particular, was a real powerhouse. Yes. That and, and the, the fact that the line-out's one of the best things that the Lions did and he's a huge part of that. And he played 80 minutes a lot. Uh, yeah, he did. And yeah, I day. think it's it's it has made... He's put, he's put his hand up for Eddie Jones, let's face it. Um Four, 
Toji, obviously. Yes. Um, five. Sam Whitelock, sort of. I don't wish to be harsh on him, but it's kind of like, well, like I don't. He, I can't think of another five lock that's kind of. Just you know, Alan Jones has had a couple of good games and a all right game. You I know, I think you could put either Ret- Whitelock or Retallick in there, and it'd be fine. Yeah, it would be fine. They're both clearly fucking brilliant players. They lost their way yeah. a little bit in the second test, but I think when it comes to Retallick, you can leave that four or five thing and just not worry about it. If you had a told you Retallick as a, <laughs> you can, as a lock pair, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter what number you're wearing, does it? You'd be totally fine with that. Wouldn't I think you? you could just about get by on those two. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, six Warburton, yes, comfortably. Um, seven. I was very tempted by Sean O'Brien, but I sort of I've been very impressed with Sam Kane. I kind of love Sam Kane. He is a proper open. Side. He's a proper seven, and he's a bit. He's he's a bit. He's kind of like what Hamish Watson should be in about three years' time. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's similar a great style player. He's great over the ball. Yeah, and he's... just a bit kind of like scruffy looking and. Tough yeah, he's and a, obviously hard as nails. Ensemble kind of player, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, and, and had a good tournament. Know, quietly, just had a good, had a good yeah. series. And yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, O'Brien obviously was fantastic. Um, although I thought he was shit in the first test. So, whereas <laughs> I thought Kane kind of just he was consistently de- like very good. He never quite hit the heights of O'Brien, but he didn't have the sort of first test mishaps that he did either so um eight again yeah here and i went read just because falatow had a bit of a quiet first test yeah again i think you can toss a coin and it's not really a problem is it but i think yeah Yeah. you're gonna you have to be fair and say read that performance in the first test in particular and then doing nothing wrong at all and performing perfectly adequately the other two yeah Yes. Whereas Falatau was very, very good in all three games, I thought, but he was a little bit muted in the well, first test. Well, he just test. had to tackle and... shitloads of people in the first test, didn't he? Yeah. That's all he did. Which he was, was just tackling shitloads of people, and he did, which he did fine. <laughs> he did fine. But, uh, but... It's not the best he's doing. No. no. I think we can all agree. Um, nine, Aaron Smith. Yeah, well, uh, Interesting. Interesting. Um, it's a choice of him and Conor Murray, obviously. Yes. Um, what Aaron Smith was outstanding in that first test and everything went through him. He makes things happen more than Murray, but I still think that Murray played 80 minutes in that second test and his kicking maybe kicked a bit too much, but he's still different times. It's difficult because they're completely different types of scrum half, aren't they? They are. I sort of lean towards Smith just because he was all, and particularly in that third test as well, you know, he is just always making things happen and he's always. Yeah. causing problems and he's always setting the tempo that you know when he is playing well they're playing well generally and yeah with Murray he played very well but I yeah it's a very it was a very hard one I, I think it just becomes because... to I think it really would boil down to a choice when you you die not to be when you're doing this but for me it's kind of well, who would you want as your scrum half and I think I'm like yeah. Aaron Smith really <laughs> yeah it's the same. you know and, you're yeah, giving I... you the choice you'd want Aaron Smith wouldn't you yeah, and and if you'd had a ten, you'd want Bowden Barris. That's you know for all of his wonky fucking goal kicking. Yes, he's he's still, still responsible for most of what was good in this series. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, um, Eleven wing. I went Ioane. 
because I definitely got you. I didn't play the third test, but he's he was the winger that. Yeah, in two tests, he was the player that caused the Lions more problems than anybody aside from maybe Burden Barrett. You know, he. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he and as much as as Elliot Daly did very well, you know, I think, and obviously that fucking kick on on Saturday was ridiculous. Like, if you can compare impact. Well, if you want a winger to be a winger, yes. Then you want you on. You, you, you don't have a winger in there to kick fifty-three meter t- um, place <laughs> kicks, do you? No, handy they can do a, it, obviously, but that's not really 100%, the. But yeah, he's there to score tries, and he. I mean, it wasn't. Did any of the Lions wingers score a test try? They didn't, did they? Well, it, it test try. No, because I say he defends. <laughs> Tommy Seymour scored a few tries, but <laughs> yes, <it did>. yeah. <laughs> but not in the tests, obviously. No. But, um, and I mean, obviously, that's partly down to New Zealand's scramble and wide channel defence being very good. But also, yeah. Daly got know, very close, didn't he? But then O'Brien. He did get very off. close. And yeah, it was a funny one. I went for Watson on the other wing, to be honest. But it, it was kind of by default. How can you really. pick somebody who can't stand up? <laughs> we'll, we'll come to this. But I just, yeah. I think I've been very impressed with Watson on this tour. And I think, you know, he's still quite raw. But he just offers something a little he's bit a different. He's a very, very, very classy athlete. Yes, he's as remember, a natural you, athlete as you'll ever see. You know, remember, you obviously remember. You you know, you like American sport, don't you? you remember Bo think, Jackson. Yes, the baseball. He is a Bo star. Jackson type. He is a Bo. He? You know that, that clip of Bo Jackson where he's running <clears> back in. Is it right field he played, and he's running back. <clears throat> to catch the ball and he catches it and then just nonchalantly runs up the wall and back down again like a free runner and then just chucks <laughs> the ball back. And people yes. were saying how incredible it was and he was just like, what? Because he just he just doesn't ever really do that. And he's like, well, no. And yeah. Watson doesn't do that. There was, a, there was a moment in the game where he got turned and he kind of fell over onto his haunches mm. at full speed and managed to get back up and run again, run again. without yeah. really he, breaking his stride and that... made his tackle. He's just, he's a very, he's, a, he's kind of a bit like he reminds me of kind of Colin Jackson, you know, that kind of sort of like very fluid athlete yeah, type. Yeah, he's just, a, he, he's the sort of, he, whatever sport he felt like doing, he probably could have got to a very high standard at it. And we saw him at Twickenham quite up close when he was going through his injury return. Mm. And he's he's a really fucking big lad. He's huge, isn't he? You know, I don't know. up close to him, and I've seen him play, I've seen him play a few times, but I've never been that close to him. And he, he, he looked kind of wiry and pacey, which he is as well, but... Mm. He's not wiry, actually. He's a unit. He's a unit, and his thighs are massive as well. But unlike somebody like he's, he's the only Lions. He's six two. Yeah, he's and he's he's. But he must he must be touching fifteen sixteen stone. I would argue. Yeah, I'd reckon. He's a big boy though, and yeah, but he's so quick with it and so agile with it, and that's it's a rare athlete. He's a very very classy mover. Of all, I know it's hard to say. He's probably is he as quick as Daly? I don't know, but the way he moves across the ground and the way he can change direction and stuff—I know he slipped over, but yeah, classy. I'll leave it at that. I can't. I can't yeah, keep saying no, that. On, over on and over hard again. ground, you can t- you can you can cut on a sixpence, as you know, in to use NFL parlance. He's got that sort of shifty lateral speed that that they all their running backs seem to have, and he looks like he'd be a very that. good wide receiver. Yes, he would be actually six two. You know, and, like kind of up and post out and all that. Yeah, he'd make right a really turn, good you know? slot receiver. He'd be shifty, yeah. good of it. Yeah, no, I could see that. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're listening, Anthony, get yes. your agent onto it. 
Yeah. Get Ali Bruise agent fun. onto it. Ali Bruise agent <laughs> will make it happen somehow. Or yeah. Greg Laidlaw's. Uh, Greg Laidlaw's. Um... Yes. Yeah, Greg Laidlaw's. He can literally do anything, <laughs> including getting an incredibly bang average scrum off with the biggest club in Europe. Um, 450 grand a year. And evident, I mean, I'm sure he'd be good at Claremont, but fuck me, the evidence on this Lions tour of his limitations oh. as a player. Jesus. I love Glacial Greg for... There were lots of cracking lines on the duck feed Instagram about the ducks starving <laughs> to death while they waited for him to throw the bread to him. <laughs> and I like Laidlaw a lot, and he's a great goal kicker, yeah. but fuck me. And I actually yeah. quite liked that he was on the tours in midweeks, but he was, he was yeah, poor. Yes. Um, centres anyway, where then. were we? Centres, yeah. Um, even though he's only played uh, one and a half games, uh, La Mape as the 12th. Yeah, even with his defensive suspectness. Yes, just I mean mainly just because he's an absolute handful and has brilliant hands, yeah. and is clearly going to be very good for quite a long time. Um, and obviously, John Davis at thirteen. That I mean, that is the Davis thing. Is that, you remember when we were saying probably about mm. two months ago, maybe a bit more, yeah. two and a half months ago, was clearly we're just kind of bumbling towards. Looking like not doing much to Scarlets mm. and then, and was making the joke that you know everybody brace yourself so when he starts the test and you're all going to go ape shit. Yes. And then he started the test and everyone's a bit like, yeah. And yeah. that's happened well, in the space of two months. It's unbelievable. After that, after we did that, you know, he basically <clears throat> went on. You know, as soon as the pro, the last month of the Pro Twelve and the Pro Twelve playoffs happened, he sort of transformed himself into. A completely different player. Yeah, even his like, grubber kicks were good. Yeah, like friend of the pod, Paul Williams, I think in his his rugby world column today said that um, he looks about, you know, he's lost about ten or thirteen kilos in terms of yeah mass, and I think he's probably right. He looks trim, and, and he looks more confident. He's kind of yeah, but he looks quicker and he looks yeah. like he's hitting rocks harder mm. and. It's, you know, he's suddenly developed the ability to pass. It's fucking weird, man. But I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm delighted about it. But I didn't ever expect it. it and he, and you know, another Paul rightly compared it to remember when Marnanu suddenly decided that he was going to become a complete twelve. Yeah, that was and that was I, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's a similar thing. It's like Marnanu went through his entire career being a fucking crash ball centre. And yeah. then all of a sudden decided at I, the age of about 29 or 30 to learn how to pass and I kick. I tweeted on numerous occasions, you know, that every time he did a decent pass for an assist for a try, it was always like, that try is even more remarkable when you consider that he couldn't pass at all oh, until yeah. 2012, basically. It's it's bizarre. And John Davis is doing a, you know, he's 29 now. He's doing a similar kind of crazy-ass thing and, and more power to him. I bet he can't wait to get back outside Jamie Roberts. <laughs> well, we shall, we see. shall see. Indeed, imagine, um, imagine him playing like that, and um, I can't remember his name now. Ashley Beck, yes, playing well. the way we hope he should be able to play as Ugh. a twelve. If you're Welsh, that would be some centre pairing. That'd be a complete game changer. <laughs> those two, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Everybody's talking about how you know if and how Gatland is going to actually bring some semblance of two distributors to 
the world shirt. And now he's done it. You've done that. it once, Warren. You can't yeah. say it's not Warren <laughs> so you've Ball. You've got to do it all the time now. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody's really mentioned Ashley Beck, but uh, yeah. Am I, I, totally am I completely out of off-beam when I mentioned Ashley Beck? I, think I don't think you are at all, because I think Ashley Beck is one of the most talented centres Wales has produced in an era of not I mean, producing right. many talented centres. He threw a miss pass which hit the mid-tier advertising hoarding in the in the, <laughs> in the, in the Pro 12 semi. Yeah. But even so... <clears throat> Yeah. Yes, well, the less we say about the Ospreys attacking philosophy, the best, <laughs> I think, at this point. Um, but yes, and to finish out the team, uh, yeah, Liam sorry. Williams, just because nobody else could stay fit it long enough to actually... It wasn't a great tournament for full... A great series of fullbacks, was it? Certainly not a great series if you're an all-blacks fullback, that's for sure. I mean, it's so bad for fullbacks, um, there's almost there's almost an argument to put Geordie Barrett in, just for that just well, for the I, game I on Saturday he alone. I was tempted by Geordie Barrett because he was brilliant on his... And that shows the sort of low standard that we're operating at here. Why is Israel Dagstall an All Black? It's odd. Somebody explain that to me. Was it simply because he's tall and can take high kicks? Is that why he's in? Well, I think that's certainly why he got picked in uh, in this series. Yeah, he got. You know, they knew that they were going to get an aerial bombardment, and they didn't trust the options of Naholo. Iwane and you know and Aholo Iwane say back to with Ben Smith they probably thought that's not the most secure high ball proposition mm. let's get Dag in there and he can they they were operating basically two fullbacks quite mm. a lot you know yeah it's a weird one I because he couldn't he didn't make the World Cup squad did he I don't think he Dag did did last he? time and and they were like oh well that's it for Israel Dag as an all black and then weirdly he's just had this resurgence as a winger in the last year or so which I, I still don't entirely understand Sorry I'm looking at the 2015 World Cup squad but I've... Yeah no I'm pretty sure he didn't make it because I remember being surprised Let's have a look Oh you can't deny this is good good listening this Quality rugby this Just, We'll edit it out some light music it'll be fine I'll put some, Do you want me to put some rocky music on when I'm doing it? <laughs> no Quite <laughs> frankly, no. Right, I'm not to control finding because I haven't got time to scan read this. No, yeah, see that noise? Ding! That was not finding no. Dag. No, he wasn't. Dim Dag. As the <laughs> Dim um, Daggy Eye. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Okay. No. So there was um, anyway. That wasn't yeah, that important. So but no. Yeah. So it, it is odd. He keeps coming back. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are two years later, and he suddenly finds himself back in And then he's back suddenly in back in an all black jersey. It doesn't make a great deal of sense. But, I mean, what in rugby does make sense these days? We've just drawn a series with the All Blacks. Quite right. Right, so that was our team of the series. Mm. Thank you very much indeed. And I hope you all enjoyed the series as much as we did. It's another four years now. And hopefully, yeah. now, the way South Africa are going, and with Mr. Erasmus coming back in, they may actually have something resembling a rugby team that isn't some kind of... Travelling circus by then. I'm so. pretty sure they will, to be honest. Mm. I think they're there. Looking like some of them lads they're bringing through that we've seen. All right, it was against a mm. completely batshit and useless French team, but it's. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah. So there you go. So let's let's talk mm. about before we go on to shit good. Let's talk about uh, some news, shall we? Oh, Kyle Sinclair was arrested. <laughs> Wasn't he though? Oh, oh Kyle. Oh. I mean, you can take the lad out of South London, but you can't take South London out of the lad. 
Um, and what better metaphor for his entire tour? Because he has basically <laughs> been... Yeah. It's he amazing is, he hasn't been yellow carded on this tour. He That's has all been on say. the edge of totally losing his shit from yes. about three seconds into this tour. <laughs> and yet, bizarrely, he finally <laughs> comes a cropper 12 hours after the test finishes or whatever. And he's, he's one of those people who I can never... I think because I'm not a very angry person, I can never understand people who are fully aware of their anger problem but then keep <laughs> getting fucking angry all the time. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like a hormonal thing. It must be because I know you might be laughing at that thinking you're not an angry person. You get angry about those things, but I'm not. You know, I get exasperated about things. I like yes. to take the piss out of things, but I don't actually lose my rag Proper about things. Rage. Not really. Yeah. No. Um, and people who do, I'm always quite mystified as to well, why haven't you sorted mm. it yet? At least he's still quite young, isn't he? Isn't yes. He? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that he will get a hold of his temper at some point. But it is just hilarious that he has has been on the borderline of just getting binned at any minute that he's on the pitch, and you know, fights at any opportunity. And then, yeah, it's all over now, Kyle. You can chill, have a beer, to be fair relax. To him, yeah, IGT Ian did say, which was a good thing for him, was a New Zealand old Bill for realising that Cal Sinclair was just a lad on tour dusting him off and dropping him back at the team hotel. Basically. I didn't enjoy just, that. Just like, take him home, will you? Get rid we'll of leave it guy. at that. But, uh, I mean, to be fair to say, what a, t- what a year he's had. I think I said this last oh, week. Oh, remarkable. And also, it's easy, to, it's easy to overlook how he held up the scrum when he came on. Because one of the big things yeah. about him is he's, he, he's his impact runner. And actually, that last 10 minutes, he did a hell of a job. In fact, scrummaging generally across this whole series... Been it's been really good. We've hardly talked like, about it, which says a lot. No. Well, I, it was slightly annoying that I think I mentioned that on Twitter at the time about halfway through the second half, and that was inevitably the first time in the tour that we had <laughs> a load of reset scrums and penalties. And, you know, it was just getting to that point yeah. where, A, everyone was fucking tired, and B, everybody was cynically trying to get any kind of advantage that they possibly could. But yeah, for the rest of the tour, it's been broadly very good. And it, I mean, as an England fan's point of view, it must be pretty good for you to think, well, our England's starting hooker and tight head were not on the Lions tour. And England's second choice hooker started all three tests. And England's second choice tight head got ahead He's not of renowned for first scrummaging. choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah it's Dan some... Cole didn't get a sniff of the Test series because of Carl Sinclair, and yet Dan Cole is starting for England. So it's it's going to be that... a strange thing altogether. Come next, it February. is odd. <laughs> it's almost like Warren Gatlin's tried to create some sort of selection problems. I mean, the, the November's coming, obviously, but it'll just be yeah. It'll be interesting to see what what happens in autumn and through into September yeah. about what they do, especially he, with well, the... you know, how can you look at, at Hartley over George now? And George can turn around and say, I just started three fucking Lions tests against the All Blacks, mate, and I only lost one of them. <laughs> and what were you doing? Yeah, and you were, you were involved in some just about beating Argentina. You were involved in, in some test. kind of this insanity modern art project with Argentina. <laughs> um, and actually, <clears throat> while we're on that, in terms of what this tour tells us about going back to, to places, does it give you any hope as a Wales fan about Gatlin and Howley's game planning and, and attacking well, plans? I, I Fucking hope so. But the thing is, because we said this last time they were in New because Wales were in New Zealand last year, it looked quite promising. Yes. And then it all turned to absolute dog shit, didn't it? In... Yes, it did. And I, I hope so because 
if Gatland wants a third bite of the cherry slash wants to be in charge of the All Blacks after 2019, which is all of a sudden totally not out of the question, um, Wales can't be shit for the next two and a half years. No. You know, he... I don't think he should be a Lions uh, coach again. I think two tours are enough for anybody. And that's nothing against him. I just think it should just be somebody else who's doing it. Well, I think if he gets the... If he doesn't get the All Blacks job, then maybe he will. Because I think it's it's almost certain he's going to finish with Wales after 2019. He'll go back to New Zealand, probably coach Super Rugby down there if he can't get um, the All Blacks job. And he then can see, he can see Bryn as often as he wants. He can see Bryn as often as he wants. He can be at dinner every night instead of having to be down the phone. Oh, oh I'm getting emotional. I'm getting oh, emotional again. Too much. Don't go uh, back there. Yeah. <laughs> And but yeah, you know, if he wants, if he wants to continue to demonstrate his legacy as one of the better coaches of the modern era, he can't sort of go out with Wales being stuck in the past and shit. And you know, they've they've demonstrated that there's an appetite. You know, I I know that you can't do the same things in all circumstances, but. The fact of the matter is, this was New Zealand winter where it was fucking battering it down with wind and rain for most of the test series and playing to relative, you know, playing at a 10 at 12 worked and playing hmm. a load of fucking attacking, exciting lads as the back three worked. And yeah, you know, why, why is it so hard to get your head around that that's kind of what Wales need to do? And the problem is players, don't get me wrong, they haven't got Owen Farrell. No. But they have got Owen, they have got Owen Williams, who is a similar... Mm. He's cut from a similar cloth. He's a big lad. Has he transferred he's somewhere now? He's Gloucester. He's Gloucester, gone now. that's it, yeah. I knew he'd move somewhere. And they've also got Rhys Patchell, who's got a similar build to Owen Farrell. That would be interesting. Similar... That would be interesting. Mm-mm. Because they've put Patrick played don't a forget, lot of fifteen, and don't forget played much twelve. Bigger played pretty well on this tour. That's some. He hope. did play very well on this tour, and but uh, by all accounts, Dan Bigger is not interested in playing twelve. And I don't mean to play um, twelve. I'm just saying that it's good news that Bigger's playing well yes, again, and if you can get somebody to play twelve well outside him, it solves. You haven't got two problems to solve, have you? <laughs> True that. Uh, um, yeah, and yes. and the final point on this, you know, how much is Andy Farrell's stock through the fucking yeah. roof? Right now, by the way. Well, it's. I mean, it seemed silly when England didn't retain him anyway. I know they've got Paul Gustard and they've not had any problems with the defence. No, Don't get really. me wrong, but Andy Farrell is the best defensive coach in the world. You know, he he does things in short periods of time that should not be possible as far as defensive organisation goes. Yeah, it's and, unbelievable, and it were it seems to. Every it time somebody works. rushes out, yeah. it just seems to work. Yeah. You know, because obviously it works. You know, it's not luck, mm-hmm. is it? If it repeatedly happens, yeah. it works. But yeah, so yeah, interesting to see what Ireland do next year with mm. him back there again. Right then, so that was... Uh, no, it wasn't, sorry. I've forgotten the, the most vital piece of news that we that I, I forgot to tell you about. John mm. James was in touch on Twitter with this piece of news. Andy Powell has been photographed opening the new Weatherspoons franchise in Brecon. He was in the Weatherspoons news magazine. Have you seen that magazine, Josh? You're a magazine man. 
Have you seen Weatherspoon's news? Weatherspoon's magazine. I'll level with you. I'm not a big fan of it or indeed its politics. However, I do love that the comment piece at the beginning of every single one that you see when it's out every three months is that fella who's in charge basically hating on the EU and wanting Brexit and yes. not liking taxes. And now he's, yes, and now he's got what he wants. What the hell is he going to put in that column now? That's what I want to know. Maybe you should give the he should give the column to Andy Powell. Let Andy Powell say <laughs> yeah. what he wants instead. Now that I now, if you were to increase the people going to Weatherspoons, that is a surefire way of doing it. Not, I'm not sure we do want to do that, but I don't mind. In many ways, spoons, actually. a Weatherspoons feels like Andy Powell's natural environment. <laughs> you like, know, I imagine that's how Andy Powell's house is decorated, like a Weatherspoons. <laughs> I'd like to think so. And he goes and stands by his own bar, and gives oh, he's out definitely got his own bar. Pearls of wisdom. He, and he's had to have the own bar installed in his house so that he doesn't tempted to go and you know yes. get in a golf buggy. He's got one of those thick for breakfast somewhere full, or whatever. He's got the one that done those carousel things with the spirit bottles on with proper optic <clears throat> measures. Oh, he's got a drink. He's definitely got a drinks globe. <laughs> but it's not actually a globe. It's just shaped like a rugby ball. Yeah. Oh, see. That's that could be our first million right there. Rugby ball shaped drinks globes. <laughs> this Nobody is like, steal that. That's our idea. This is like grand designs if it wasn't very grand. <laughs> right then, shall we finish with shit good? Yes. Hey, we're taking. We I was going to say we're belting along. We're not. It's an hour and quarter in. <laughs> so t- doesn't time fly when you've it reached does. the end of a long season? Mm-hmm. Let's go shit good. Let's do shit first because you always say that anyway. Yes. I've got uh, shit, shit from is Jerome Kano. Is it Kano or Kaino? But anyway. Kaino. Kaino. Uh, he's... I, I, did you also see that thing about Simone pronunciations on Twitter? I did, this yeah. Week? I feel very we bad about it. got copied in. Is that? I've done, I've I apologise for all of wrong. the ones that we've got wrong. I'll be honest, I've in. not had a chance to read. Or, some of them I was getting right. I've not had a chance to read all of them and memorise them. This is like my nasal mutation test in Welsh when I was 15 <laughs> at school. And you've got to remember, I just moved from Lancashire. So imagine that, trying to do a, a nasal <laughs> mutation when you've just moved from Lee in Lancashire. Anyway, um... Yeah, yes. I'd, yeah, Kano. Kano, yeah. So, sorry, I just had a terrible flashback to my move from Lancashire to Wales then. <laughs> they misspelled my surname. They called me Lee Clavert. And I and that's what every school had, every class had. And every time I went, they went Lee Clavert. And I had to kind of put my end up gingerly with my, and my accent softened a bit now. So I had to kind of go, my name's not Clavert, it's Calvert. They've put the L before the A. And I had to do that in every lesson of a new school in a new country. Oh, Tell man. you what, and people wonder why I've got a slightly embittered view of the world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Jerome Kano. He's in shit. Yeah, yeah that right. bastard who wrote my name down wrong in school. You're going straight in shit. <laughs> and uh, the other shit is Jerome Kano. Only because it seems odd to have a holy cross drawn on the arm that you use to forearm smash people in the face <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, put it, put the the symbol of your deep religious faith on the non-smashy arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. or if you're an equal opportunity smasher, just don't have it at all. No, indeed, yeah. indeed. Just, yeah, um, he, I've I've been in a non-smashy sense. I have. I think he is probably one of the most criminally underrated players the All Blacks have. Yeah, he's staggeringly good, isn't he? He's only. He sh- is, I've put him in. He, I've put him in shit for that because it, you know, it made yeah, it amazing. He is me. the absolute glue of that back row and of that pack. He is the only fucker that they've got in there, and he, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
He is. Like, yeah, because as, all... as, as good as Retallick is and as white, they're not. He's not. They're not fuckers, they're are not they? Bastards. <laughs> he is a horrible shit house. And that is exactly like every every pack needs at least one of them. I do love the idea that coaches might write down a list of forwards and go, "That looks all right, doesn't it?" Somebody goes, well, "There's not. There's no fucker in there, is there?" <laughs> I reckon they do. They must do, wasn't they? Which, yeah. is, which is where Ross Moriarty's career. <laughs> yeah, <from>. exactly. <laughs> the go-to fucker is Ross Moriarty for the next yeah. ten years. Yeah. 100%. Lions 2021. <laughs> Ross Moriarty, <laughs> fucker in chief. Guaranteed. Yeah. Right, anyway, where were uh, we? Yeah, uh, shit for me. Uh, Owen Farrell in the first half. I mean, oh. he kicked his goals in the second half, but holy shit, he was dreadful in the first half. Like, shanked kicks, panicked, rushed play, bad tackles. He was, it was like he was on a one-man mission to hand the All Blacks the initiative. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Owen Farrell ran seven metres in that game, <laughs> by the way. And That's quite bad, isn't it? it? That was off. How many carries was that off? Four runs, seven metres. He also, and this is a good one, this is it's not a good one, really. He conceded <laughs> two turnovers, attempted <clears throat> eight tackles, and missed five. Oh, fuck me, really? According to the ESPN stats. Oh, that is And that for bad. him is really bad. Isn't He's it? supposed to, like, his dad must be fuming, like, yeah. all the way on the plane back. Yo, it's going to be horrendous, isn't it? Oh, awful. Because I, I put him in coach. Sit together. Get back in coach, lad. <laughs> Sitting next <laughs> to me. I was watching the 2013 documentary before the, the second, uh, the third test, and I'd forgotten there's that brilliant moment where they're in training and Andy Farrell nails a oh, fucking, fucking 50 meter drop goal from the right touch line that goes directly <laughs> through the fucking black mark in the middle and a it's brilliant because of how pleased he is with himself um but it's also brilliant that i'd never noticed before but in the background um is owen <laughs> and he's just got that sort of look on his face of fucking hell dad <laughs> Why are you always showing me up at places? But it, it, and he says something, because after he's done that kick, because they've obviously been trying it, haven't they? All of them. Yes. And he launches and, one and does it. And he says, and he, in his brilliant wig and acts, he does kind of go, Ooh, have that, Owly. <laughs> or something like, yeah. what do you think and of then, that, Owly? And then you can hear it. Neil Jenkins whispering, saying, tell him you didn't get it. Tell him you didn't get it <laughs> off camera. <laughs> Make him do it again. Yeah. <laughs> have that, Owly. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. Liam Williams, four turnovers, attempted two tackles and missed one. It's not, it's not it's a good not day, a is, return, it? is it? It's all pretty bad, actually, if you look at some of the tackling stuff. I think a lot of the damage was done in the first half, but yeah. Interestingly, was... this is the first game where they've made a comparable number of tackles each team. Because remember that in the other two games that the Lions had to do shit like They were tackling their socks off. And they were. The Kiwis weren't really, were they? Yeah. No, maybe that's why they held like... it together towards the end, you see. Maybe that's why they held it together towards Maybe, the end. Maybe uh, I feel like they, they, in second half in particularly, they kind of were a lot better at holding onto the ball, even if they weren't doing that much with it. But, yeah. 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 Right. Um, uh, other shit for me. Anthony Watson's stud choice. Oh, God, yeah. What's serious? That why did, people on some, Twitter mention did that someone well? not come up to him and just go, Anthony, seriously, here's your spare boots with the longer studs in, mate. Yeah. Change them in your next Here's a pair of 1990s Adidas flankers. Put those on. You won't fucking fall over in them. You won't be able to run very fast either, but that doesn't matter. No, but it's just fine because you're an elite caliber athlete. 
you're probably still quicker than everybody else, even in some fucking Looking Adidas at them, or whatever. People don't wear rugby boots anymore, do they, in the traditional sense of it? They might wear boots made um, by Canterbury <clears> and stuff, but they don't seem to... I think there's probably an extra couple don't. of... Every, I think there's an extra couple of studs. Adidas these days. There's an extra couple of studs in a props front yeah. sole, on the well, sole I mean, of a props boot. That's about it, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the forwards boots, like the Kakara, like everybody, every fucker wears Adidas. You'll notice that. Like there are a couple that wear Under Armour or uh, Nike, but don't, most of don't them the Italians wear Mizuno? And, they just and some, a couple of weirdos wear Mizuno. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think WP Nell's a lot all over the Mizuno, and he he loves a bit of Mizuno. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Davis likes Asics for some reason, but uh, yeah, it's 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 the forwards boots are still a little bit different, but the backs boots are. But there's no actual ankle proper now. boot anymore, is there? The kind of DM <clears> the no. bucket boot. Well, some of the forwards, like the front rowers, still wear ones with a bit of ankle support. Do they? But some of them do, yeah, yeah. But like, but we're not compared look, to like they a, all look. A... They all look exactly the same, aside from you yeah, know, cause you because you get ones of... that look different, didn't you? you? Used to get like you know proper one, like Patrick ones that come halfway up your shin. Yeah. Oh, Patrick. God, that takes me back. And Adidas Koala, they were another one. Yeah, I remember getting stamped on by Patrick Boots. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, mate. Oh, yes. But, yeah, no, backs basically, like, particularly outside backs basically wear football boots these days. You know, they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, including in they, They've got moulded things in them, and they're, you know, yeah. they're just... Do they not no check studs all... anymore? Do you not have to line up with your, lift your feet up, but he rubs his feet <laughs> yeah, on your studs no. like they used to? It's nice yeah. you have to do that. Stud rubbing. Steady. Easy. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. any more shit from you? Uh, yes. Um, whoever decided to use the uh, the big fireworks and pyrotechnics when uh, Warburton and Reed were slightly awkwardly lifting the trophy together. And it was even like... more incongruous that Reed was wearing that daft hat. I know. He had that daft like... bonnet on, and they all looked a bit confused and not really know what to do. It was like a really sort <laughs> then, of awkward dinner party, an awkward really like was. And then there was this party. Sort of, I liked Sam Warburton's little jokey, like trying to pull it towards him <laughs> thing. That was funny. Bants. But yeah, then it was awful. But then when they sort of awkwardly lifted it, like <laughs> that moment is thrust the trophy. Yeah, and cheer and wave. It, euphoria and in the air, up, and yeah. then the fireworks happen. Instead, it was like. Yeah, and then Sonia McLaughlin the... comes on and tries to interview when you can't hear a fucking yeah. word she's saying. It was it was literally like someone at the New Zealand Rugby Union thought, you know what, we fucking paid for these, and <laughs> we are going to use them. I don't care. And uh, there was a brilliant bit where obviously they didn't expect the big firework thing because nobody'd won anything, and when the fireworks go off, you can see if you if you look closely, CJ Stander shits himself. <laughs> He ab he's standing at the back and obviously the like confetti gun thing has gone off right behind him and he jumps about three feet in the air. It's it's uh, yeah, very odd. And and added to the such a surreal and weird atmosphere of the whole thing is confetti coming down on both teams, neither of them having won nor lost. <laughs> the it was... world's most inappropriate ticker tape parade was happening right there. <laughs> it was. But uh, yeah. It just added to the strangeness of an already strange but kind of brilliant yes. day. What else um, about this shit? Um, for me, Ardy Surveyor. Never have I known such a gap between the trumpeted um, noises that came on that were used when he came onto a field compared to what mm. actually he achieved while he was on the field. He obviously didn't have a great series. He wasn't. He wasn't totally. You know, he wasn't. Mm. 
no well, clangers. Just but he, wasn't but they he? just kept he, saying, he, oh, he's an all-action seven, and only comes, this will change the shape of the game. He never did a fucking thing, basically. No, and it was weird, because when he came on against Wales uh, in the series last summer, he was a fucking firecracker and a nightmare. Mm. And, yeah, he just... I don't know whether it's because... The weather on, in that Wales series last year was basically glorious, and it was hard grounds and sunshine. Maybe it's had a bad couple of games. It happens, doesn't it? But it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. It's, it, it clearly wasn't a series for him because it was pissing down with fucking rain and heavy ground pretty much the entire time. And, yeah. Yeah, no, but I agree with you. He did fuck all. Colin McBride got in touch uh, on Twitter and said that at Blood of Mud and said that shit for him was the intercept pass, uh, telegra- Sexton's telegraph pass, which prompted prompted me to roar, absolute ball bag in a cafe at the Irish <laughs> Golf and Open Golf. That's not no, that's not language you should be using on a golf course, Colin. No, you'll probably get suspended for that. No, indeed. Moving away from um, the Lions for a minute, Ian McGillick got in touch. Ian McGill got in touch and said that uh, shit for him is the fact there's two months to go until the Pro 12 season starts and people literally have no fucking idea what teams will be playing. Yes. Well, it's like the Premiership or what the top European... 14... European uh, qualification rules will be <laughs> no. Well, we don't know half. We don't know anything. We don't know what the, the like. We don't know who's going to be playing in it. How many teams there know, will be? <laughs> how many teams there will be? Whether those teams will be in conferences? Like the Premiership fixtures are already out, yes. and we don't even know who will be playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's a fucking shambles. It really like. I mean, I'm by and large, how would you say all this was going? It's fucking comically <laughs> is how it's going. It's like, ah, uh, not content with all this South African bollocks that we talked about last week. Apparently, we're now having a team in Washington next year. Tyne and Weir? No, the American <laughs> one. Please tell me it's on the East Coast, not, not Washington State. I <laughs> know uh, it isn't. You wouldn't put it past them, though, would you? Seattle's no, a hotbed really of wouldn't. students, and, and you know. It's just fucking so. Oh, God, it infuriates me. But I would live with it if they just made a decision and were like, yeah, this is what's happening next season. Here's the fixtures. Instead, I mean, God, I genuinely don't know what's going on. You don't know if, you know, particularly if you're a fan that goes to away games. Like, do you, you, you might need to book some fucking tickets to South Africa at some point. It'd be nice to know that more than. And the Dragons need to get their flights booked early because they can't be afford to be paying last minute prices for a flight. There's no way they they want to get on that EasyJet plane. You know that fills up quick. (laughs) Right, that's it. That's it. Shit from me. Anything from you? Yes. Yeah. No. Let's get on with good. Let's get on with good then. Good wise. What have I got? Quite a few goods this week. Marowitoji was absolutely everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, and just he's 22 years old. Mm. Just keep remembering that everyone. Also, like yeah. Compared to, remember how amazing he was last season? Yes. And then how for a lot of this season, he's been very good without quite hitting the heights that he did in that first season. No, indeed, yeah. yeah. But like, putting on a Lions jersey, just, he took another step up again. He's, and he's still never know. lost to the to the All Blacks now, has he? At any age no. grade he's played. Any, no, which is... I mean, he's managed to avoid playing them with England for the entire last twelve months. That helps, but uh, it's um, yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, yeah. he did he did lose the first test, which he did play in, obviously. But oh yeah, of course. Yeah, is it, oh, any game he started, started, right? yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. So that's that. Anyway, uh, Laumape's offload. 
Oof. Porn. Beautiful. Absolute filth. Some player that loved lad. it. If you can learn to tackle, you'll be you'll be golden. Oh god, yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't really, he doesn't, you'll still probably be quite cares. good. Just play him anyway. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Let yeah. everybody else do the tackling. It's Anything fine. else for you? Good. Um, Jordy Barrett didn't look much like a first cap rookie, did he? No, he's 20, massive. Twenty years old, six foot five. Yes. Also, I put him in good because he's an absolute dead ringer for Neil Finn from Crowded House. <laughs> yeah, give him a sort of slightly floppy haircut. Floppy haircut, uh, acoustic yeah. guitar, <laughs> a talent, for, a penchant and talent for writing very melodic pop tunes, and he'll be away. Mm. Well, let's find out. Let's ask him. Sean <laughs> yeah. Holly songs, New Zealand version, with featuring Jordy Barrett. The absurd thing is that Jordy Barrett could conceivably play the Lions again. He could, couldn't he? Well, weren't all three Barretts on there? Scott came on, didn't he, at the end of the game? Uh, yes, there were three Barretts on the field, but he is the youngest, isn't he? And, yeah, he's 20 years old, so he'd only be 32. Did you watch that Beneath the Black documentary? I didn't. Sky. I kept meaning to, and I missed I did, it. and it was it was nice. But it, what's particularly good? They went to the Barrett house, mm. and they were talking about Bodie. You know, get off Jordan. with this fucking house. There's a production facility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they said They're it was a farm. An in inverted commas. They lived on a farm. Yeah, but actually, he um, and it was what was so just crushingly awful but brilliant about it. it was just how lovely and normal they were you know this is this normal family who just took these three lads to a local club and they just turned into this fucking powerhouse and they all seem like they're completely emotionless on many levels as well don't they there's loads of there was mm-hmm. one point when i think was it owen farrell had a bit of a tug at geordie barrett into touch or was it yeah. somebody and he just stood up and walked off Barrett. He's twenty, you know. He just yeah. It was it was Anthony. It was uh, Watson. Watson. And at was, the end yeah. of the first half, he dropped the shoulder into him and smashed it. him in over the touchline. And he just line. stood I up and just walked off, you know. Yeah, I was expecting afters, and and he's huge as well. He's six foot five, <laughs> which is comically large for a fullback, but he doesn't move like it at all. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's very very good. Who have I got? Paul Stridgen. Yes. Also known as Bobby Stridgen. Hell. The Wigan uh, conditioning coach, who, let's we forget, is the man responsible for conditioning Matthew Bastero. Yes. So it wasn't really very hopeful when he was given the job of keeping the lads fit. But actually, this is probably the most healthy Lions tour we've ever had. Yeah. Is it? Well, the only players that have got injured have Hog been... Hog was a freak accident. Yeah. And other than that, you know, there was the... It was a very, you know, it was a massive shame about Ross Moriarty, but mm. that was just a thing. You know, yeah. North got himself injured. But generally but speaking, all credit to him. They and weren't his team. test players. You know, they weren't yeah. test players. Aside from Hogg, they weren't players that were... And couldn't do anything about Hogg. It was nothing to do with conditioning, was it? No. Yeah, that was just a freak accident. And and yeah, he's he's kept them. And, you know, they've played for 80 minutes in every test match. And their intensity didn't drop. And... You know, only in that first game did they have did the All Blacks have anything close to that ten minutes of soul crushing depression awfulness where they just blitzed everything. And so, yeah, it's it's very notable that that didn't happen. And I think a lot of that's got to do with Lions fitness and conditioning, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, what else we got? Finally, from God, the Al fucking, uh, Al fucking Avi in the scrum. In an Irish voice, which then led to a New Zealand penalty. That was quite good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
Um, apologies for any colourful language that you might have heard there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Anything else from you, last? Uh, Sam Warburton. Yeah. Like we've already talked I've about already him. Talked, left, how, how, can we finally put to bed any idea that he's anything less than the best open side in the world when he's fit and got a couple of games under his belt? Because Jesus Christ, like in that first half, he was a man possessed, and he's you know totally aside from being a fantastic captain, which he is, and a fantastic ambassador for the game, which he is. You know, he's incredible. Like, and you know, I couldn't say enough good things about him. Yeah. Well, we should leave it at that because we've run on for quite some time. Indeed. Um, we might be back next week. We don't know. If not, have a lovely summer. <laughs> I think we should probably should come back. Yeah, we'll come back now. next week. We'll do one more yeah, next week just to it. kind of box the season off and then we'll go on a nice summer break. All right, mate. I'll speak to you next week. All right. Ta-da. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Niall lives on a hill, a very steep hill which is great for the calf muscles. But when it comes to squeezing in and out of that parking space between the neighbours' pride and joy, Niall begins to worry. I wonder if they use recycled plastic to make all the recycling bins. In the new Dacia Duster with automatic gearbox and hill start assist, at least hills are nothing to worry about. And from only €45 per week on the road, nor is the price. Visit the Dacia sales event from the 18th to the 20th of November. Don't worry. Be Duster. Offer made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. See Dacia.ie. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.